Good morning, St. Paul's. Our first reading is from 2 Kings chapter 2, 1 through 12, on page 570 in your Pew Bible. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elijah said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elijah and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elijah replied. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elijah. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elijah and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. Don, 50 men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elijah had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed... Elijah said to Elijah, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven. In a whirlwind, Elijah saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elijah saw no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. The second reading is Bible. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up to a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His world could bleed. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, so they were frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
That's the voice from heaven saying, this is my son. You just didn't understand it because it was in Aramaic. Never a shortage of fun in this place, is there? <laughs> never, never a shortage of blown eardrums at St. Paul's UMC. Friends, would you pray with me this morning? Loving and gracious God, we come into your presence and we anticipate that you will speak to us. Not relegated to the past, but beyond all time and wanting to move in the lives of your disciples in all times and places. So, Lord, here we are. May our eyes be open. May our ears be open. May our hearts receive what you would give us. We pray in Jesus' name, and we all said. How many of you have ever had your perspective or your understanding of something shifted or changed quite dramatically? You can recall understanding or or a shift in your perspective or a change in your view. What else might have happened for you? All right, sick. Beyond just a head knowledge of something, beyond just uh, you know something intellectually happening, you had an experience that cut you to your very being, didn't you? Yeah. Brought him to Christ. How many of you can resonate with something akin to what Peter shared? Maybe not the the sickness and death of a loved one, but having an experience with someone or something that is so profound that it goes beyond just having received some new information about something to alter your perspective or your view. But you actually had an encounter, an experience that perhaps shook you so caused you that you had believed or held on to before. If you have not been there, I dare say that part of the human experience dictates that you will be there someday. You will have an experience that will rattle you so do to question so much and to shift your perspective or your view on something. Today's story of, in Mark of the transfiguration of Jesus was that sort of event for his disciples. And in fact, I think if, if you take these supernatural encounters that we find in the Bible as having us in some fashion, Jesus takes three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, takes them up to a mountain, and something happens, actually happens. They have an experience that shakes them to the core. We see that in Peter's response. And they have an experience with Jesus that causes them to see him and to experience him differently from that point forward. Jesus on this mountain is joined by whom? Elijah and Moses. Now within the Jewish tradition, there were two no great, there were, there were no two greater figures than Elijah and Moses. Why was, a, why was Moses so esteemed as a great figure? 
He led them out of bondage and slavery in Egypt into the wilderness. And he received the law from God on Mount Sinai. And then Elijah is considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest, of all the prophets. And in the story that Mary read from 2 Kings, he didn't even die. What a, what a way to go out. Man, chariots of fire picking you up and taking you to heaven? I'll go that way. He doesn't even die. He's assumed right into heaven. And so here in the mountain, in a moment, Jesus is transfigured. He's changed. Something happens. The Greek word actually is metamorphosis. Something has changed about his appearance, about his visage. Yes, there's, there's hints that this is still Jesus, but he's also so very different. And here in a moment, he's speaking with Elijah and Moses. The past comes together in the present, and there's this picture of Jesus for who he is. That The disciples are confounded. Now, so often this text has been preached, and maybe you've even heard it, where Peter is, I believe, unduly chastised. We see Peter here. Um, he's, he's the only one who speaks of the disciples. And often when you get Peter in a group, when the gospel records for us, it's Peter's the one who does the talking. Everybody else kind of knows when to shut up. Not Peter. So Peter says, boy, it's so good that we're here. We should, uh, we should build a, a shelter or a shrine or a tent. Now, often that is preached that, oh, you know, Peter's he's kind of a dullard. He's missing the point here. You know, he just kind of wants to try to capture the moment. Actually, what Peter wants to do is something very faithful within the Jewish tradition. You go to the Old Testament. Do you remember when Jacob wrestles with the angelic messenger. And what does he do in the morning after he receives the blessing? He actually takes stones and he builds a commemoration there. Bethel, the place that he wrestled with God. All through the wilderness wanderings, what do the Israelites do as they travel? They build altars and they erect these monuments to places where they encountered God. That's all Peter wants to do. Because do you know what those monuments, those stones, those altars, when they were erected, do you know what they meant? They were a way for the people who were to come behind you to be reminded of God's faithfulness in the past so that they could move into the future with confidence and hope. So what Peter wants to do Surely is reasonable at, 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 at you know, uh, if not outright good and holy. But in a moment, the scene is over. The transfigured Christ returns to the form that his disciples were familiar. Elijah and Moses are gone. And you know what happens? Now, this happens just after uh, where Mary finished the reading for us, but this is included in all of the gospel readings that tell the story of the transfiguration. Immediately after the moment of transfiguration, 
which the gospel does not give us uh, any indication of the length, but I believe this was just a, a fairly brief moment. They come down the mountain, these, this place of encounter, having had their, their understanding of Jesus radically shaken and changed. And they come down the mountain, and what is the first thing they encounter in all the gospel readings? People in crisis. People in need. People who are hurting and who are in pain. People who are suffering. They have this spiritually transcendent moment on the mountain, and then immediately they come down and they're thrust back into the reality of day-to-day living. Which I believe speaks to us and to our own relationships with God. How often, friends, do we want to hold on to the ineffable, to these moments of a, 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 of encounter with God, maybe in prayer or in Scripture or in some other place. And yet, the transfiguration teaches us that those moments are to strengthen us and to enable us to then minister to the needs of the world around us with more power, with more efficacy, with more strength. See, friends, you and I need moments of transfiguration, of encounter with Jesus Christ for who He is in His totality, to be reminded of His nature, of His goodness, of His love, of His promises. And yet, that's not just something for us to hoard or to hold on to or to try to necessarily capture in just a moment. It's meant to feed us and to strengthen us for the living of our lives. Mountains all through Scripture are places where there tends to be clarity of understanding and relationship with God. Moses receives the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. Abraham takes his son Isaac up to Mount Moriah. Moses goes to the top of Mount Nebo just before he dies and is given a glimpse of the Promised Land. Elijah goes on the top of Mount Carmel and does battle with the prophets of Baal. The temple is built on the summit of Mount Zion. Mountains are places of encounter. Perhaps you've had your own mountaintop experience. Maybe it has served for you what it did for the disciples, or what it did for Pete that it totally changed your relationship with Christ. Often through hardship and difficulty. But that is often where God meets us with the most power and the most love and the most grace. If we have but the eyes to see it and the hearts to receive it. We're formed on the mountaintop. We're shaped there. But we can't stay there. Life doesn't happen on the mountaintop. Life happens down in the valley. But we need, we need those moments so that when we get down in the valley, when life happens, when sickness comes into our lives, when death arrives, when loss seems to be all around us, we can hold on to hope because we've been strengthened by the one who is there on the mountaintop 
but does not leave us when we have to go back into the valley. He goes with us. He goes with us. Friends, you're here today, and I maybe you are on a mountaintop. Maybe you're down in a deep valley. Maybe you're traveling somewhere in between the two. The same Jesus who was transfigured before three of his disciples. The same Jesus who is shown in a picture in a moment to be the Messiah. The one that all the law and all the prophets pointed to. The same Jesus who is glorified and who will come again one day in glory. The same Jesus is right here with you is right here with us. We'll be with you when you leave this building. We'll be with you when you wake up tomorrow morning and go to work. We'll be with you when you run your errands and go to the grocery store. We'll be with you when you are face to face with the realities of this world and you seem to have no words for the pain and the loss that is right in front of you. He'll be with you. Friends, today, the challenge for us is this. In the reality of day-to-day living, do you know? Have you met? Have you encountered the transcendent Christ? Have you welcomed him into your life? Are you allowing him moment by moment to change you? Because I think if we went around this room, we would hear testimony after testimony of folks here who've just made it through through the grace of Jesus. We can give testify, we can testify to that. Jesus is the only one who will see us through. He wants to see you through, and he wants to work through you to bring his light to a hurt and broken world. Friends, trust in Jesus today. He'll give us the strength we need. Amen? Amen.